Coming up on this week's episode of News of the Week for episode 334 of the YLP podcast, I've got a sleepy Mr. YLP Jr. laying next to me as he is on his napping block for his day, but that does not mean we won't be bringing you all the news that's fit for me to talk about. And what do we have on this week's docket? Well, everybody pretty much has found out Mr. Roman Reigns apparently is going to be gone for 10 weeks of the summer. Not advertised for WWE TV or live events. We'll be discussing that as our top story of the week, as well as Tammy Sitch actually got arrested on multiple charges in relation to a fatal car accident that happened in Florida a few weeks ago. We'll talk about all that and what this does mean for her and what a couple of WWE, well, former WWE talents had to say about it as well. Also, also, it's been a while since I talked about anything in terms of New Japan Pro Wrestling, but one Mr. Kota Ibushi is speaking out this go around, accusing New Japan Pro Wrestling management of power harassment after threats to terminate his contract. That's from Fightful.com. We'll talk about all of that, plus, of course, our WrestleMania Backlash review, because, well, it's Saturday, May 15th. Let me check that, make sure I'm right. I don't know. Oh, my battery died. Anyway, <laughs> it's actually May 14th, 2022. Jesus, I can't even think straight after to figure that out. But yes, y'all know what time it is. And y'all know y'all got to say it with me. This is episode 334 of the YLP Podcast. Let's hit that intro. Let's get it started. And with that being said, let us begin. Buzz Buzz, this is the HBIC, the K. Murphy of Kings of the Rings podcast, and you are listening to Young Lions Perspective, exclusively here on Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. What's going on, guys? Zach from the Wrestling Delicious Podcast here, and welcome to episode 334 of the YLP Podcast. So glad to have you guys here with me on this lovely Saturday, and I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast, and as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. It is Saturday, May 14th, 2021. Hope you guys had a fantastic week from when we last met. Hope you guys, like, honestly had a kick-ass week. We were productive, did all the things you needed to do. If not, we learned the lessons from this past week, and we plan to do better for the next week. Ah, This week has been a week of just... What I like to call, at least I call, what I'm calling today's episode, a cornucopia of nonsense. 
in terms of the news. And we're going to be talking about all of that on a brand spanking new episode of News of the Week. The show that talks about all the news that's fit for me to talk about. And boy, do we have a good amount of news this week to discuss. Of course, also, at the end of today's episode, we're going to be talking about WrestleMania Backlash. How that all went down. My thoughts. Yes. But, but, there's always a but. There's always a but. Let me take a sip of water before we get into this news. Okay. Let us get into the news for this week. And we're starting off, of course, what else will we be talking about as the top story of this week in the YLP realm? Roman Reigns. Not advertised for WWE TV live events this summer. Yes. Apparently, as the story goes, Roman Reigns is going to be gone for about 10 weeks this upcoming summer. But let's get into the articles that I found from F4WOnline.com. And this particular article, this one's from Joss Nason. Roman Reigns comments at a WWE house show this past weekend about entering a new phase of his career got the fans and industry speculating about what that might mean. As it turned out, it meant the 36-year-old signed a new deal that calls for this undisputed Universal Champion to work less live events, according to Dave Meltzer. That reduced schedule appears to be beginning next month. Outside two pay-per-views, Reigns isn't listed on either graphics or a talent listing via WWE.com for any of the summer schedule that was released last week. A near 10-week stretch that runs from late June through the nearly the end of early August. Uh, through, uh, let me try that again. A near 10-week stretch that runs from late June through nearly the end of August. There we go. Meltzer discussed the developments on Monday's Wrestling Observer Radio, saying Reigns is still scheduled for the two July pay-per-views during that time, which of course are Money in the Bank and SummerSlam. Meltzer was unsure if Reigns was filming a movie or if there is a specific reason for his absence. It's unclear if Reigns will remain Undisputed Champion or if WWE will have a title change either before this stretch or at a pay-per-view. A look at the arena websites for the summer schedule support Reigns' summer break outside a Friday, July 8th SmackDown in Fort Worth, Texas that he is still listed for. He remains on an outdated graphic for Friday, July 15th SmackDown but is not on the talent listed for that event. As of now... Reigns is advertised on WWE.com for two September SmackDowns. Let's go over to an update that came about. Uh, just what I found a couple days ago, actually. This is actually from Joseph Courier. Roman Reigns off WWE Hell in a Cell and an update on the summer schedule. On the latest edition of Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer gave an update on Roman Reigns' summer schedule. Meltzer reports... That Reigns is off next month's Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, but will be wrestling at other pay-per-views this summer. Reigns is still advertised for Money in the Bank, SummerSlam, and Clash at the Castle. Though Reigns has been removed from the advertising for several weeks of TV this summer, Meltzer notes that Reigns will be working some of those dates, saying, quote, Basically, Roman Reigns is not going to be on every pay-per-view. He's off the Chicago show, which is Hell in a Cell, going down on June 5th. He'll be doing pay-per-views this summer. Even though he was removed from all the advertising after June 24th, I believe it is. Yeah, June 24th in Austin. He's been removed from all advertising from house shows, TVs, except everything. Except for those two stadium shows. But he will do TVs to build up to those shows. So it's not like he's not going to be on TV, but he's not going to be doing a lot of dates. 
And from what I understand, the shows he will be on eventually, probably sooner than later, they'll start advertising him. So the dates will be known. It's not like it's going to be like they're going to put him on TV without advertising him, but that's the basic solution, end quote. And as you can probably hear, those are the planes from Buckley Air Force. Uh, they do their practice runs uh, pretty much throughout uh, early part of the day. And um, yeah, they're apparently doing it right now. Milo doesn't mind. Um, <laughs> but I actually do because it goes into the damn audio. <sighs> the struggles I have to live with in terms of this podcast sometimes, I swear. But it's not too bad. At least they're getting their practice in. Um Okay, I believe it's died down, so we shall continue. WWE.com has removed Reigns from their graphic for Hell in a Cell. Their graphic now features Cody Rhodes, Raw Women's Champion Bianca Belair, SmackDown Women's Champion Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, Bobby Lashley, Edge, Seth Rollins, and Drew McIntyre. Hell in a Cell is taking place at the Allstate Arena in Rosemont, Illinois on Sunday, June 5th. Reigns is, of course, the current undisputed WWE Universal Champion, defeating Brock Lesnar uh, WrestleMania 30 month, 38 last month to unify those titles. And, of course, he won the tag team match with the Usos against Drew McIntyre and RK-Bro. We'll be talking about that a little bit in terms of tag team title unification a little bit later on today's show. The night before WrestleMania Backlash, Reigns said at a house show in Trenton, New Jersey, which is not in my neck of the woods, but it's my part of the in my home state, that he's starting to enter a new phase, enter a new phase into his career and doesn't know if he'll be back in Trenton again. He thanked the crowd for their years of support. Meltzer reported that Reigns will be working fewer house shows going forward as part of a new deal that he signed with WWE. (laughs) I mean, this is why I call today's episode a cornucopia of nonsense, all right? So, as we know, Roman Reigns will be doing uh, many, many house shows in terms of that. Now, when he said he was, um, you know, he's going to be doing, you know, like that might be the last six-man tag I ever do here. Basically, from what at least I've read and try to keep up with, as far as, it, as, far as I've read, um, He's supposed to be working less small market shows. That's pretty much like at least at least from I've, what I've got. Um, he's gonna be work, He's working fewer house shows, but it's especially fewer small market shows. Like of course, a Trenton, New Jersey. Uh, so you're looking at probably Trenton, Newark, uh, and Atlantic City. Are those are the three main ones that they done uh, shows at? They do house shows at uh, if they're not doing anything in terms of uh, um, SmackDown or Raw. So. Places like that, more than likely, he won't be. He won't make his appearances in going forward as part of the new deal. That's at least from what I've read and what I've seen uh, personally. As far as this ten-week vacation is what I'm pretty much calling it, because he's not doing anything crazy and like doing pretty much like just the bigger shows, doing Money in the Bank, SummerSlam, and um, Clash at the Castle this September. This is fucking hilarious. <laughs> this is absolutely... <laughs> this is fucking hilarious. I la- The second I've heard this was going down, I laughed my ass off. Fix my mic here for a second. My apologies. There we go. I laughed. I absolutely laughed my ass off because of the simple fact that 
and this is and I and I was in the shower today. Um, you know, get myself right, getting my hair is not looking weird as it possibly can, as even though it already does, depending on when you see my Instagram post. Don't even huff at me, Milo. Don't even huff at me. Yes, we know your floof is fine. Yes, I gave you a bath yesterday. You'll be okay. He is a he is a good looking boy when he is asleep though. Won't I look even more handsome if you just talked about the show and just let me nap? I'ma let you nap, but you're talking now. Well, cause you're talking to me, Dad. It is kind of funny though with Roman. <laughs> it sure is, Milo. It definitely is, and it is. It's a. It's. I'm not saying it's a joke on Roman. It's more of a joke on WWE because you gotta think of it like this, right? In terms of Roman. And now hold, have uh, having him hold the WWE and Universal Championships at the very same time. The weird here's the weird thing: there's more con- possible championship contenders over on Raw than there is on SmackDown. I'm gonna say that again: there are much more contenders for the WWE Championship over on Raw than there is for the Universal Championship on SmackDown. All you literally have for SmackDown in terms of their main event scene right now is Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre. Nakamura was there for a hot second, but they didn't do anything with that at WrestleMania Backlash. Now, did that. And they should have. They honestly should have. They honestly should have just had Nakamura face Reigns for the title. Ain't nothing wrong with that. We all knew Nakamura wasn't going to win anyway, but I know those two could have a hell of a matchup. Everybody's in a mama singing. Drew McIntyre is going to be the one to take down Roman Reigns. I honestly don't think he's still believable enough. And I like Drew McIntyre. That's the crazy part. It's just the way WWE's been operating in terms of SmackDown's main event scene. They have no one believable. And I stay, I still make this stand. They have no one believable to actually beat Roman. And I and I stated in my in the article, in the articles of war, written in war.wordpress.com. You can check out that article right now, and I can tell you who the who the one they should have been the one to beat Roman. It's Walter, by the way. And I broke it down to literally chapter and verse of why. They have honestly no one on SmackDown besides Drew McIntyre gunning for Roman Reigns championship. That's a sad state of affairs. Because my first thought was, if we're going to go about this like this, drop the titles. Have Roman drop the titles. But here's the thing, though. With what is going on with the whole money in the bank shit, and if the promo, uh, the commercial that they had for money in the bank is legit, then uh, we're pretty much fucked in terms of um, how money in the bank operates. Because money in the bank guarantees you a guaranteed world championship anytime between now and the next year. But apparently on the commercial, Cody Rhodes is stating that, uh, you know, that guarantees you a WrestleMania main event. And this is why WWE needs to stop fucking around with shit. So I thought about that for a hot minute, and then I and then I laughed about that because they probably wouldn't do that. And my next thought was, you know, I could say he could drop one championship. We dro- I dropped it down a little bit. Maybe losing the WWE championship 
you know, to a Cody, to a Seth, you know, one of those guys, or maybe someone else. That would be, in my mind, a little bit more believable. And then I laughed about that, too. Which led me to the last option, absolutely doing nothing and keeping the titles on Roman, which would be the worst possible outcome. Because here's here's the worst possible outcome. Roman Reigns doesn't show up with the titles. They have, in terms of the, the upper mid-card main event scene, they have nothing to fight for. If Roman Reigns just has his 10 weeks that he doesn't show up and maybe we'll show up for like, you know, a couple smackdowns here and there, you know, leading up to the shows, you know, and, and shit like that. But if they do absolutely nothing and keep those titles on Roman all summer, you fuck over money in the bank. You sure as fuck fuck over SummerSlam in terms of build. Um, but he'll be there. He'll be in money in the bank and uh, SummerSlam. But in terms of, I don't think August they don't have a pay-per-view as far as I know. And then we got Clash at the Castle on September 3rd. So, the worst possible scenario would be for Roman to uh, have those titles around his uh, over his shoulders for the entire summer. If you're not going to be po- having him show up on li- at live events and all that shit. That's the worst possible outcome. This is why it's a cornucopia of nonsense. Feel me? Because if the if the story goes that we're going to get Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns, excuse me, at Clash of the Castle in September, um, okay, then, you know, Roman Reigns is going to be there for Hell in a Cell. Good. You don't need to be there, honestly. Have a number one, have a number one contenders match. Have a number one contenders match for uh, Money Bank. Shit, do Nakamura McIntyre. That would be fun. I actually watched that. I watched that. I think you would watch that. I definitely watched that for sure. Because it's a first time matchup. We've never seen it before. And it's two guys that really are, I guess, the only two credible contenders for Roman Reigns. And that's that's being, you know, and if you can hear the sound of my voice, it's just like questioning. You know, have that number one contenders match. You know, have Nakamura be the number one contender. Some shit. You know, give Drew McIntyre something to do if he, all he's going to do is, you know, not show up. But I don't know. In terms of... And I'm thinking about this in the worst case scenario. Like, I'm still in the worst case scenario portion of the sec- of the program. Because let's say let's say WWE makes the stupid move of just having the titles on Reigns and just have letting them have the titles all summer, right? WWE would then have to have thought out a long-term plan and focus on the mid-card championships as being the top titles in the freaking thing in the company itself. That's going to be a problem because you haven't really showcased the United States and Intercontinental Championships properly. I mean, you haven't had the Intercontinental Championship be defended on a pay-per-view in over a year. The United States Championship, even even though it is on Austin Theory, that's great. But he doesn't really have many contenders to fuck with. Again, this is why it's a cornucopia of nonsense. Because now WWE basically has to... 
I'm, like I said, I'm still in worst case scenario section, ladies and gentlemen, so bear with me. WWE would have to then showcase those two championships in a very prominent light. If Roman Reigns still had those championships over his shoulders and he didn't drop them. That's the, that's the worst case scenario for WWE. And I don't think they planned this out. I really don't think they planned this out. Because Roman Reigns is getting a little bit of that part-timer deal. It feels like a bit of a part-timer deal. I mean, he's going to be gone for 10 weeks. You know? That's some Brock Lesnar shit. Just a lesser version of it. But... If that's the if that's what WWE is going to do, and just have those titles on Roman, that's going to be a situation where they have to get really really creative, and I don't think they have the 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 chutzpah to do it. If you just have Roman drop one championship, since Fox wants exclusive rosters and all all of a fucking sudden, then yeah, the the reasonable option would have would have Roman drop the WWE championship at back to Raw. If that's the case, if they if they want to go, I think the best case scenario would be having Roman having the WWE Championship and have it dropped. Then he then since Fox wants their exclusive fucking rosters, then you have Roman focus solely on the uh, SmackDown. Now, if Roman Reigns is just just the Universal Champion, then WWE can actually help out. Because then, because then, one, the sec, uh, put it this way: the second Roman drops the WWE Championship, you open the floodgates for Raw, and you create a, like a couple like things. I mean, yeah, the, I mean, the easiest route would go having a tournament for the championship. That would probably be the easiest, easiest route to go. Um, and I think you have the guys to do it, but you know, it wouldn't be an eight-man tournament. They would probably be like a four because they really don't have no one prominent. And I would say, honestly, if you have your four Rhodes, I would say Rollins, Lashley. Needs to get away from the Omas shit for quite some time, and then you, and then maybe Edge would be your fourth. You know what I mean? And that would just be, that would, that would be, that's feasible. That's feasible. Have a four man tournament, concluding at a pay per view, all this shit. You know, to who, like whoever he drops it to, if he drops it to an Edge, if he drops it to a, a Cody, if he drops it to a Seth, uh, a Lashley. I mean, those are the only four men I can honestly think of that are credible enough to hold that goal. Um, but that's the best case scenario is for Roman to just drop the WWE Championship, which makes it easier for WWE to book because if they had Roman hold both titles, it's essentially holding the roster hostage because they're because Roman's not going to be there and Roman's not going to show up. Best that's the best case scenario. I mean, a lot of people will say, I mean, yeah, I'll troll every once in a while and say, you know. He just needs to drop both. But I've really slept on it and thought about it. And I think the best case scenario is for him to just drop the WWE Championship. So Raw can have their championship back. And they can actually get something going with the WWE title. They need it. They desperately need it. Raw is without a champ. Raw is technically, you know, Raw's top champion. Raw's champion is a guy who was on SmackDown. And if this whole exclusive roster shit is legitimate... Then yeah, uh, either Roman shows up at both shows or Roman drops the WWE Championship. That's the choice they have to make. Will they pull that trigger? I don't know. If they do, win. Money in the Bank, SummerSlam. That might be the best case scenario if they do it for SummerSlam. 
But what if, let's say, let's just hypothetically say uh, Cody Rhodes wins Money in the Bank. If that whole thing with the Money in the Bank briefcase is legit, then that's your uh, WrestleMania main event for 39. I mean, and I just heard news that um, those WrestleMania matches, main event, like the top matches are already set. Uh, I don't know what they are, but apparently they've already got them ready. And it might help the case with Money in the Bank. In that aspect, you know, that would kind of weird me out given the fact that, you know, that's what we had the Royal Rumble for. And the only way that would make any sense is if you had the winner of Money in the Bank be like the brand. I'm just listening. I'm listening to this from JD from NY206, by the way. So I'm, I'm, I'm crediting him with what I'm about to say. But he stated... If the way Money in the Bank is going to go, the way of you're guaranteed a WrestleMania main event, then the other cha- then the other, then the Royal Rumble itself should be for the other brand's top championship, and for both the women, men, and the women. That I mean, that would be a solid idea. That's a solid idea from what I you know when I heard from JD from NY206. It's a, it's a really good idea. Um, would they do it? We don't know. WWE makes weird fucking booking decisions as as often as I take a dump. So, figure, figure, you know, use your brain the best possible way you can with this. But I think the only possible way this will all be worthwhile is if you have Roman Reigns drop a WWE championship. Um, I think it just makes the most sense. You know, if you if you give it to Cody, cool. If you give it to Seth, cool. If you give it to Edge, not I'm not mad at it. Would you give it to Lashley? I mean, with the whole Omar shit right now, probably not, but you could put him in the hunt. You could put him in the hunt for that. As far as, you know, the other three go, I mean, why not give one of those three the title? I mean, yeah, yeah, I know, Milo, it's crazy. It's It's the best case scenario. It is the honest, God's truth, best case scenario. It's still fucking hilarious. It's, it's absolutely funny shit. That, you know, you got you got your top guy holding both belts and he's about to go away for 10 weeks. He's not going to be on live events for 10 weeks. That's going to be some shit. I mean, I get it. He's 36, but he's still in his prime. He meant to hit their peak at like 35, 36. So if anything, Roman's in his prime. Roman's in prime prime. Roman's in God mode. I really need that shirt though. But seriously, though, how how at this point now, how WWE approaches this from here on out until we get to the end of June, it's going to be interesting. It's really going to be interesting to see how these play out, because I mean, I'm telling you, if they decide to go the worst case scenario and decide to let this have Roman Reigns just be gone for 10 weeks holding both championships, I am going to laugh my ass the fuck off. And they deserve it. They deserve it all. They deserve it. They'll deserve the failure. Because, I mean, I don't, I mean, y'all know me. I don't watch Raw like that. Excuse me. I barely watch SmackDown like that anymore. I really don't. Not because I don't want to. But it's just like, because if I just chose not to and just boycotted it entirely, it was whatever. But But if I'm being brutally honest, you know, I don't watch mostly Raw or SmackDown because of the fact that it's just not... They're not giving me anything to invest in, my guy and my lady. 
You feel me? I, I don't feel that. Like if, I, I don't feel like they're investing in what they want to do. And that's going to be a problem. But it will be a bigger problem if WWE chooses just to have those belts stay on Roman for an entire summer without possibly him defending it. The only, and the only time he'll defend it is in July. He's not going to be in hell in a cell, ladies and gentlemen. So the earliest he'll make a next defense of this championship will be in July, Money in the Bank. He'll be at Money in the Bank in Las Vegas. And he'll be at SummerSlam in Nashville. I almost fucking said uh, Miami. That'd be a flex, though. But yeah, he'll he'll be there for both shows. And then after that, he ain't going to be there for uh, the remainder of... He ain't going to be there for August. He'll be back for Clash of the Castle in September. And he's going to be at two SmackDown shows in September. So, uh, strap in, folks. It's going to be an interesting summer. And we'll see how all of this goes in due time. So that's going to complete our top story segment for episode 334 of the YLP Podcast. And when we come back, oh boy, I'm going to have too much fun with this one. Because Tammy Sitch actually was arrested on multiple charges in relation to the fatal car accident that occurred a few weeks ago. We'll talk about that as well as what two former WWE superstars had to say about the entire situation on the other side of episode 334 of the YLP podcast. We'll be right back. The weather's warming up again, y'all, but your wardrobe is way past its expiration date. A post-pandemic fashion faux pas indeed. Now, I may not know much about fashion, but what I do know is that everyone always wants to look their best when they step out into the world. That's why it's time you need to check out the revamped YLP store and stock up on some new threads. Like Mr. YLP himself, you know that looking good means you're feeling good, and trust me, you're going to be turning heads with the new Golden Lion Collection, just in time for the warmer months ahead. Whether you're looking to dress up or dress down, Mr. YLP has got you covered. Whether it's starting the day with a cup of joe out of your Golden Lion mug, hanging out on the boardwalk in a cozy cotton poly blend hoodie, or simply enjoying a nap in the lion's den with a comfy pillow and fleece blanket, you know that you're doing it the YLP way. So get in your mobile device, laptop, or PC and head over to young-lions-perspective.creator-spring.com right now and get that wardrobe back to being stronger than a pride alliance. That's young-lions-perspective.creator-spring.com. Make sure you tell them Mr. YLP sent you. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with episode 334 of the YLP podcast. Still talking about the news of the week, and this was oh my goodness. We I I had known eventually this was gonna happen. I get myself situated. This I knew this was gonna happen eventually. It was just a matter of when, not if. Tammy Sitch 
finally arrested on multiple charges in relation to fatal car accident. This is from GameRant.com, written, of course, by Mr. Kenneth Hill. The tragic downfall, <coughs> excuse me, of some of Tammy Sitch has reached perhaps its lowest point as the WWE Hall of Famer was arrested this past weekend and is facing a litany of charges, chief among them, DUI manslaughter. I believe they're called that. I believe we did talk about that uh, a couple weeks ago on the podcast itself where I talked about, well, this is vehicular manslaughter. And if they if they were going to get her on anything, it was vehicular manslaughter. We shall continue, though. Uh, in Florida, which is uh, driving under the influence causing the death of a person. In relation to the fatal car accident in late March, damn, this is actually late March, fuck shit, that took the life of one Julian Lasseter. Sitch has also come under fire from several other WWE veterans, all of whom are calling for her removal from the WWE Hall of Fame after news of her severely irresponsible actions leading to her arrest broke out in public. In addition to the DUR manslaughter charge, Sitch faces a charge of driving with a suspended slash revoked license and causing serious death and or injury or serious injury and or death, as well as seven counts of DUI causing damage to a person or property. If convicted on the manslaughter charge of felony in the state of Florida, Sitch is looking at a sentence of up to 30 years in prison with a bare minimum sentence of four years and up to $10,000 in fines. Sitch's formal arrest came on Saturday, May 7th in Ormond Beach, Florida, a little under two months removed from her involvement in the fatal car accident on U.S. Highway 1 in Florida's Volusia County. The accident occurring which, when Sitch ran a red light in a, at an intersection, crashing into Glasseter's vehicle at a reported speed of 30 miles per hour, which in turn caused Lasseter's car to crash into another, while all three drivers were taken to a nearby medical facility to be treated and stabilized, only Sitch and the third driver survived as Lasseter was succumbed to his injuries before the end of the night. A toxicology report based on a sample of Sitch's blood taken via search warrant would confirm that she was well over the limit of inebriation, as well as her blood alcohol content was confirmed to be 0.280, three and a half times the legal limit. Sitch was initially processed at the Volusia, Beat, uh, Volusia County Beat Branch Jail and held on a $227,500 bond, Two of 200,000 of which comes from the DUI manslaughter charge. Following a short morning court appearance, she would make bail at around noontime after a surety bond was posted by a bail bondsman. Her arraignment is set for May 31st. Sitch's actions have drawn the ire of many people, including fellow wrestling veterans. Former WWE trainer Bill DeMott and his family have issued a press release on behalf of the Carey and DeMott Foundation calling for Sitch to be formally removed from the WWE Hall of Fame, with another Hall of Famer in the world's strongest man, Mark Henry, seconding the notion on social media. DeMott founded the organization in 2016 and has been railing against the notion of drunk driving for several years after losing his daughter Carrie Ann in a 2015 drunk driving accident. It is sadly not surprising to see where the situation has ended up and as the above mugshot will tell you, Sitch clearly has no remorse for her actions and honestly believes she had a very little she had very little to do with Lasseter's unfortunate demise. The evidence and her actions before, during, and after the accident, though, were as clear as day, and we can only hope that she will eventually answer in full for the tragedy she has wrought. Now, it has come to my attention, and I was looking through Instagram um, not too long ago. Apparently, as we look over at metro.coast.uk, the judge revoked her bond 
from Alistair McGeorge. That's a hell of a that's a strong ass name right there. Former WWE star Tammy Sitch has been remanded to jail after a judge revoked her $227,500 bond. The 49-year-old star, best known to wrestling fans as Sonny, was allegedly involved in an accident in which a 75-year-old man later identified as Julian LaFrancis Lasseter died. Sitch is currently facing eight charges, including DUI manslaughter, and of course, the state argued that Sitch should be remanded. Pointing out, pointing to three DUI arrests and a conviction in 2015, as well as being played under the state's Marchman when she was found passed out near a bar on May 5th. Of course, turn up on Seiko de Mayo. Oh, hooray, hooray. During a cir- hearing at the Circuit Court of Volusia County, Florida, on Friday morning, a judge said the defendant is a threat to the community, and I do not feel that a monitor would protect the community, end quote. She added, I do find that the state has met the burden. I am going to grant this motion and will be taking you into custody today. TMZ previously reported that uh, police suspected Sitch, who recently uh, recently claimed on Twitter that she suffered a seizure before the incident, was under the influence of alcohol. A crash report by Ormond Beach Police Department, Florida, reportedly shows that the accident happened around 8.28 p.m. on March 25th on U.S. Highway 1 in Volusia County. Sitch is thought to have crashed her 2012 Mercedes into the back of a 2013 Kia Sorento, which crashed into a rear of a 2011 GMC Yukon that also stopped at a stoplight. The driver of the vehicle she hit, identified as Julian Francis Lassiter, was re- transported to Halifax Health Medical Center, where he was pronounced dead. Witnesses reportedly said Sitch, was, who was also taken to the hospital but later released, was driving at a high rate of speed before crashing. Um, Sitch was inducted into the 20, uh, 2011 Hall of Fame and is considered the front company's first diva, diva. She has faced more legal trouble recently, being arrested in January for terroristic threats and weapons possession in my home state of fucking New Jersey. In 2015, she alleged to have a seizure, have suffered a seizure after a traffic accident, but she later pleaded guilty to DUI in three cases. Following year, she claimed to have, she claimed she agreed to the guilty plea because she was blackout drunk during what she described as the worst relapse of her life. In, 20, in February 2019, she was arrested for DUI, which was the sixth time she's been arrested for the charge. July 2020, she was arrested on charges of eluding a police officer, violating a domestic violence restraining order, and operating a vehicle during a second license suspension. She was released on June 9th, 2021, and later that month, she told WrestleZone.com, quote, I am happy to be finished with my sentence, and I'm anxious to start the... Anxious to start the next chapter of my life. I am healthy, I am happy, and feel great. The incident which led to this last incarceration stemmed from some major misunderstandings. However, I accept responsibility and have used this time to make a better me and put my past mistakes behind me. Fucking cat! Absolute 100% cat! Cap, cap, fucking cap. You look at that mugshot and tell me, and you mean to fuck, like, you look at that mugshot, and you mean to tell me you accept responsibility and have used your time to make a better you and put your past mistakes behind you. Fucking cap. Bullshit. 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 I said this, I said this on the podcast the last time we spoke on this, and I'm going to say it a fucking king. She deserves to be in prison. Ain't no fucking way you're going to have, what, seven, eight DUIs on your fucking record. And I'm pissed off at uh, Jersey for for releasing her ass. 
She is a detriment, not only herself, but society as a whole. And you mean to fucking tell me you're happy, you're gonna, you're anxious to start the next chapter of your life, which is which resulted in you going back to jail. She does not deserve to be anywhere in, in out in society. She doesn't. At this point in the game, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I mean, like, I agree with Bill DeMott. I agree 100% with Bill DeMott. That she needs to be removed from the Hall of Fame. There is no fucking way on God's green earth that you mean to tell me that you committed all this shit and still deserve to have a WWE Hall of Fame ring. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. I, I, and I found this article too from WrestlingInc.com because I wanted to uh, talk about what uh, Bill DeMott and Mark Henry had to say about this. And uh, Mark, uh, Bill DeMott actually said... Um, it was calling for uh, to remove a repeat DUI offender and now killer of an innocent man, Tamara Sonny Sitch, from its Hall of Fame, saying, quote, When do we start holding people accountable before they kill themselves or someone else? When do we decide as lawmakers and judges that we do not get to decide who should and shouldn't be punished? When do organizations speak up for everyone and not just influential cases? Hashtag win. Serious shit. Mark Henry says I'm with you. She needs to be held accountable for her shit. She needs to be in prison for the next 30 years. But you could ever do the minimum before. Not good enough. Not good enough. Absolutely not good enough. This woman... I gave you the fucking I gave you the fucking rap sheet. Gave you the rap sheet. Being arrested in January for terroristic threats and weapons possession. And they let her go on that shit. Like this was from January. In my home state. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. I mean, you know, DUI six, seven times, eluded a police officer, violating domestic restraining orders, operating a vehicle without a pretty much with a suspended license. And you mean to tell me she still remains in the Hall of Fame? You mean to tell me she should still be a Hall of Famer? This is bullshit. This woman needs to be in prison. I don't give a fuck what you think about her. I don't. I do not give a fuck. 
This woman ended the life of someone because she thought it was okay to be driving lit as fuck without a license. And what's even worse is her her boyfriend was the one who gave her permission to drive. I want him to be charged too because you technically weren't accomplished. It was your car. You allowed her to drive. I even said it. I said the last time we talked about this, he's a fucking idiot. This is an absolute joke. If they don't put her, if they don't put her in the max, four years is not enough. Four years now, mind you, with all the shit she's got in Florida, she's still got some shit in Jersey to worry about. Stemming back from that January incident. So she's got that popping off for her too. And personally, if they whatever sentence they give her in Jersey, let her serve that too. Make it the max. Fuck it. That's too harsh, Mr. YLP himself. No, the fuck it's not, dude. Ma'am. Like, come the fuck on. What are we doing here? You think. Think about it for yourself. If you're, if a friend of yours was getting like six, seven, eight DUIs and ended a person's life, would you want that friend to go to prison? Your first thought would be, nah, but you're, you're but granted what they did, your thought easily would go to that person deserves to be in prison. This woman needed a wake-up call in the worst way possible. And unfortunately, she did not heed that call. I think D, I remember, I think DEP actually wanted to get Tam, uh, to get Sitch into his, ha- like, the DDP house and help her rehab. He was willing to do that. She didn't listen. You can't keep doing this shit over and over and over and expect to just get fucking released and shit. There comes a point where you need to be held accountable for your actions. You need to be held accountable for what you do. We are, as everyday American citizens, we're held accountable for everything we do. Most, not all, but most. And you gotta, you gotta, you know, if you do some fucked up shit, yeah, you're going to prison. Tamara Sitch needs to be held in that same account, same account in a court. She needs to be held accountable for what she's done. And I think personally, a 30 year sentence might wake you to fuck up. I'm glad the judge remanded Bond. She's a, she's a literal threat to society and herself. She should have no accolades. Your actions. I mean, yes, granted, you were the company's first diva. Great. You know, you were the hottest, you were the, you know, you know, hottest things, you know, best thing smoking for a cup for a few years. But you can't be going out in public, driving with a suspended license, driving turned the fuck up, being found blitzed outside of a fucking bar on Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo, though. But you can't be doing none of that shit and not be held accountable for your fucking actions. That's not how this shit works. That's not how any of this shit works. Tamara Sitch needs to be sentenced to 30. Fuck the four. 
Now, like I said, I'm glad they remanded Bond. Because what if she pulled that shit again? What if, what if the judge granted her Bond and she did another fucking DUI shit? Then what? Then the judge was like a fucking idiot. It's a sad state of affairs, honestly. I mean, I mean, do I feel sorry for her? A little bit. But not enough for me to actually care. I can't have sympathy for someone who keeps repeating the do and doing the same fucking shit over and over and over. I can't let that slide. Tamara Sitch needs to be too needs to go to prison for this shit. She drove drunk and ended the life of someone who didn't deserve it. If Florida, if Florida's, if this is honestly, and, and a lot, I, I know there's going to be some people out there who shit, who say she just do the bare minimum. Fuck the bare minimum. Fuck that shit. Given her record, fuck that. Fuck that garbage. I mean, look at the mugshot, man. Look at her mugshot. Do you look at that mugshot and, and fucking tell me that she deserves only a four year sentence? That she's learned from her past mistakes? Bullshit. No apology. And even the uh, the Game Rant article. Kenneth Hill said it clearly. And I'll say it and it will say it again. Sitch has yet to show any remorse of her action for her actions here and of those in the past, regardless of the toxicology results. Quite frankly, needs to be put away for the sake of everyone, not just hers, before her downward spiral consumes others in his wake as it did to the Laster family. It's legit. She needs to be put away. She needs to answer to her shit. We'll see what happens. I'm going to keep up on it because this ain't over yet. But the way I see it right now, Tamara Sitch should be nowhere near society. She should be holed up in a cell for 30 years and now be the end of it. From there, we will go. That's going to conclude this segment of the podcast. When I come back, I got a little bit more news before we talk about WrestleMania Backlash. News on Kota Ibushi accusing NJPW of power harassment after threats to terminate his contract. I also got news on the next SmackDown draft when they're going to be reportedly holding it. I'll give a few more thoughts about that as well as the, uh, the, the most latest news. WWE not currently planning to unify the tag team championships. And the only question I have is, is well, why the fuck did you advertise it anyway? We'll talk about all that on the other side of episode 334 of the YLP Podcast. Stay tuned. Be right back. gentlemen y'all hear the music but it is not the final segment of today's episode but it is the final segment of this week's episode of news of the week before we get into the wrestlemania backlash review but before i get into that also i gotta, I gotta do shameless plugs and represent my squad to the fullest make sure y'all that you're not you're just only listening to me though i do appreciate you listening to me every single saturday but make sure you check out of course the family 
of Russell Attic Radio podcast content. Of course, every Wednesday night, you can check out the Kings of the Rings podcast on YouTube and on Twitch, which, of course, hosted by the general manager of Russell Attic Radio, King Ricky Rose, Will Tereshuk, and don't you dare forget about Agent K. Murphy talking about, of course, professional wrestling, pop culture, everything else in between. You can catch them, of course, again, like I said, every Wednesday night on YouTube, 8 p.m., 7.30 uh, Eastern Standard Time is the pre-show. They also have a a post-show over on their Twitch, which you can watch the show as well um, over on Twitch at uh, just uh, search for, I believe, K-O-T-R underscore podcast. You should be able to follow them. Follow them. Tell Mr. Wild P. Central over there. You can catch the audio version every Thursday if you do miss the live shows, but they do have it on their YouTube. So you can look it up and check it out at your uh, leisure and convenience. But don't forget, you start your weekend off the right way, not just the YLP way, but the right way with my boy, Mr. Fretz and the Fretzelmania podcast talking about the Ruthless Aggression era. And also, I believe he did a show with Mr. Warren Hayes. So if you're a fan of Mr. Warren Hayes, you should check out that show as well. Tell Mr. Wild P. Sanji and tell him I said hello to our neighbor from the North. So yeah, make sure you not only check out my podcast, but listen to the other family members of the Wrestle Addict Radio podcast. Family, because it's Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. Let's get into the last bit of news for this week. And we're starting off over at Fightful. Dot com And it's like I said, it's been quite some time since I've had some actual New Japan uh, pro wrestling news. But this one was an absolute doozy. Uh, Kota Ibushi accuses NJPW management of power harassment after threats to terminate his contract. This is from Jeremy Lambert. Kota Ibushi continues to speak out against NJPW management. Ibushi spoke out against NJPW management, namely Kikuchi, who is a part of NJPW's talent relations department revealing that Kikuchi threatened to end Ibushi's contract with NJPW doing an appearance at a Just Tap Out show on March 4th that was not approved by Kikuchi. Taking to social media once again, Ibushi, Mr. Ibushi responded to fans asking about the situation and Ibushi said, uh, this is the, the translation, uh, translated version saying, quote, this is the power harassment that happens daily to the non-homegrown talents. I don't think I've ever asked if I could return by a phone call. Of course, I've never had a single meeting, and that line message, the threat message, suddenly came for the first time in months. This is outrageous if you think about it normally. I can release every line message. I didn't mind, but it felt wrong to stay quiet. I'm really calm and collected. I don't know what makes me fired, but saying it via line message shows Kikuchi's personality and the president's instruction. There are too many other things to talk about, but you'll know it soon. The truth can't be concealed. I'm totally calm. I was just disappointed that this low-level person was my boss and felt sorry that I faced power harassment from him. And quote. And there's other ones, um, other tweets from Ibushi saying, quote, of course. Uh, okay, let me see. Okay, he's going to want to stay quiet. This is some crazy shit. This is wild. So, um, in later messages, Ibushi said he believed he would be fired, though there has been no official word from Ibushi or NGPW regarding his termination. Uh, he said, and I quote, uh, Kikuchi is a matchmaker. He's a fellow fat guy with curled hair who's often around the seconds. I believe that the current president gave him the order. I'll be back when I have more solid information. What I saw was so dark. Unbelievable things 
are happening. Now, when they mean black, now uh, it means dark. I also read in a different article when I was looking for this particular uh, article. Um, black in Japan means exploitative. And that is not a good thing, apparently, in Japanese culture. Um, there was a tweet here. A fan said, don't ruin our fantasy. Ibushi said, quote, I'm sorry. I wasn't considerate enough, but since I'll be fired anyway, so please let me be selfish for the last time. The stakes are too high. I know it is rude for me to write this. I apologize for making you feel unpleasant. According to the Voices of Wrestling, Kikuchi told Ibushi that he needed to get back in time for Wrestle Kingdom following a shoulder injury suffered in the G1 Climax Final. Ibushi reportedly didn't want to wrestle until his shoulder was fully healed. Excuse me. He reportedly told NJPW that he was good to go for the New Japan Cup and was, was reportedly booked to win the tournament. However, VOW reports, Kikuchi, on the advice of a doctor who raised what was described to me as a minor concern, pulled Ibushi from the tour, infuriating Ibushi. He's been out of action since he suffered the uh, shoulder injury in the G1 Climax Finals against Kazuchika Okada, which was very, very sad uh, when that occurred. Um, but it is not unknown when he will return to the ring. This is a wild situation because we really don't know exactly, you know, what was going on in full. But it's crazy. I mean, mind you, Abushi was not a homegrown. It's not a homegrown talent. He was not. A, he was nowhere near a homegrown talent. If most of y'all know, he was a DDT guy for a long, long time. And they do the wildest shit anyway. They be fighting out fours and shit. <laughs> they be doing the most. This, this is the one, ter- one uh, territory I will say uh, they do the absolute most. But that's neither here nor there. But, that I mean, that's crazy. You know, the I mean, him coming out and saying, you know, harassment of non-homegrown talents. Um I mean, we, I mean, we don't honestly know if it was legit that, uh, like I said, in, in the report, I mean, you know, the reason he was getting called out, I guess, because he didn't, he was doing a show that was not approved. He was making an appearance at a show that was not approved by his booker or NJPW in, in, in pretty much in general, and then took the social media about that. That was crazy. I mean, I, I think I was reading it on uh, an article in uh, from the translation translations. And they were talking about, you know, NGPW was just like, yeah, we'll just end your contract right now. He's like, okay, that's fine. If you want to do that, that's cool. Ibushi was chill. Straight up chill about it. You know, we don't know, though, what is going on. We don't know this actual situation. So, I mean, it's, it's a crazy situation. Given the fact that, you know, he made an appearance at a show, wasn't apparently approved by it. It wasn't approved by him. And then, you know... Went to social media and just, you know, went off talking shit. Um, it's a very interesting situation. I mean, I hope the situation with Ibushi and NGPW um, goes well. Because, I mean, Ibushi and NGPW does wonders for uh, NJPW. He, and especially with the fact that you have the easy storyline of him possibly regaining back the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. The one that he, uh, you know, pretty much like... You know, was gonna fight for to get a spot at uh, uh, Wrestle Kingdom, and you know he wasn't apparently he wasn't ready for it to to return. You know, shoulder wasn't fully healed apparently, and then doctors took him off the tour, which pissed him off, especially given the fact that he was booked to win the whole damn thing and get a shot at Okada. 
Because that would have been, well, I probably would have been like Dominion. Close to Dominion if they did it. That would have been probably the, uh, the Dominion main event. Ibushi versus Okada. With Ibushi probably winning back the IWGP Championship. And getting his uh, redemption after what happened at the G1 Climax Finals last year. I don't know what will happen now, but hopefully uh, everything does work out. Uh, Ibushi and NGPW figure it out and get everything situated. If he does leave the company, so be it. If he stays with the company, that would be even better. But hopefully Mr. Kikuchi stops acting like a dumbass. Um, but we'll see where everything goes. I mean, this is this is an interesting situation. Um, there's no word if he got fired or not. We don't know that. And if anything comes up um, during the upcoming week, I'll let you guys know next Saturday. Um but other than that, we'll we'll see honestly how all of this goes. Interesting news, though, uh, for someone who hasn't talked about New Japan for wrestling news in quite some time. But let's head over to WhatCulture.com. News on WWE's plans for the next Raw slash SmackDown draft by Jamie Kennedy. The Wrestling Observer is reporting that WWE's 2022 draft will take place shortly after SummerSlam. Interestingly enough, this year's SummerSlam will be the first in the event series to take place outside August. WWE has scheduled the pay-per-view for uh, July 30th in Nashville's Nissan Stadium. That means the draft, which is typically held back until later in the year, could happen a little earlier this time. Ringside News had previously indicated that the 2022 roster shakeup would happen in September. That's still slightly earlier than 2021's October slot, but not by much. However, if Dave Meltzer's sources are correct, we'll see about that, then WWE plans to bring the draft forward by another month into August. This is one story fans should keep an eye on. An August draft would mean that Raw and SmackDown's rosters would change dramatically before WWE promotes the big clash at the Castle Stadium in the UK. That's slated for September 3rd, meaning Clash could occupy the pesky in-between slot typically left for Survivor Series. Basically, workers might already have feuds in place they need to finish up before darting off to their new weekly homes. And this is an interesting this is an interesting case as well. Because, I mean, you're not going to have SummerSlam in July, so the biggest event that you have would be the draft. That's the biggest event of that. That's your premium live event for August. Since you don't have a show. Which is, which is still weirds me the fuck out of... SummerSlam being in July instead of August because the pay-per-view schedule is just absolutely fucking weird. I mean, hell, you could have Bash at the Beach in August. Fall Brawl in September. Just saying. Yeah, bought the damn company, so far be it for me to try to figure your shit out, but that's neither here nor there. This should happen in August. Um, What is the most interesting thing, though, is that, that you have that lull between July and September when you have Money in the Bank and SummerSlam in uh, July, and then you have Clash of the Castle, uh, Clash of the Castle in early uh, September uh, on Labor Day weekend, so it's one of those things where the draft would have to be your big portion of the calendar. And that's that's going to be an interesting way to do it. Um, if you're going to make it, if you're going to make it the the big prime focus of August. You're gonna have to ensure that this draft is, like I said, we talk, I believe we talked about this last week. It has to be better. It has to be better than years past. You have to give us something entertaining. The draft, as of late, has not been entertaining. It has been boring and stupid. They barely draft NXT motherfuckers anymore, and honestly, I wouldn't draft any NXT talent this year. 
I would. Not this year. Unless you're thinking about bringing up Braun Breaker. I don't really see much of, a, of an NXT talent being moved. Moved up to the main roster. Unless you want to get Io Shirai up there. Unless you want to get uh, Kaylee Ray up there. That could work. But honestly, this draft have to be has to be big. Now the only the only case is, you know, when do they decide? I mean, if they're deciding to do this in August, they're going to have to do it in the early part of August, in the lead up to Clash of the Castle. But that would mean WWE already had to have planned that. And in years past, in terms of the draft, they haven't really planned that. So in all honesty, WWE has to have already planned it. And, and if anything, they should start planning right the fuck now. It's May, and it's three months till August. I would say get it done right now. Start doing it now. Have a group of people for the draft and do it now. And keep working on it until it, you see rosters that are a clear fit for Raw, for both Raw and for SmackDown. Make it feel make it feel like the NFL draft. Give it actually some sports-like feel coverage. Something of the nature to actually get people interested in the draft. Because if you do that, chances are it might come out a little bit better presented than you've done in years past. It's boring. Absolutely boring. We'll see what they do. But um, I would say, yeah, do it for August. But have the mindset of you're also still working towards Clash at the Castle. So if you already have certain storylines you're working on, you keep those people on those brands for the time being and moving forward. But, you know, if you're going to move some people around, you got to make it make sense and have it work towards the uh, Clash of the Castle uh, premium live event. You have to. Something. Anything. Because I don't think they have a, a one in October either. They don't have a show uh, premium live event in October as far as I know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how all of it goes, but <sighs> we'll see how all the thing goes. And finally, on our last bit of news for this week, we found this out, I believe, on Thursday. WWE currently not planning to unify the tag team championships. This is from also Joseph Courier from F4WOnline.com. Though the feud between Raw Tag Team Champions RK-Bro and SmackDown Tag Team Champions The Usos is continuing, it may not result in their titles being unified. Dave Moulton reported on Wrestling Observer Radio overnight that WWE isn't currently planning to unify the Raw and SmackDown Tag Team titles, saying, quote, So this is what I was told on this. They are going to do the match, but as of right now, and this can change, they are not planning on actually unifying the titles, but they plan are planning on doing the match. So I don't know if that means they're in another another run in DQ. Obviously, they can always change their mind, but they are right now planning on doing the match. And I presume it's going to be at the next pay-per-view. That I don't know for sure, end quote. It was originally announced that RK-Bro and the Usos were going to face off in a title unification match at WrestleMania Backlash, but that was changed to a six-man tag bout with no official stakes. Roman Reigns and the Usos defeated Drew McIntyre and RK-Bro at WrestleMania Backlash with Reigns pinning Riddle to get the win. Orton and Riddle appeared last night on Raw on, Raw on Monday night, and they said they still want to unify the tag titles. RK Bro announced that they're going to show up on the sh- uh, show up on SmackDown this Friday, confront Roman Reigns and the Usos, and demand the unification match. 
Riddle said that if Reigns refuses to let his cousins do the match, it'll show that he has no confidence in them. Of course, RK-Bro retained their titles against Street Profits on last night's Raw. Or should I say on Monday's uh, Raw. Ugh. This is the whole situation. This is a whole ass situation right here. If I'm being honest. It's weird. I mean, I get, and I know some of y'all motherfuckers going to be out there, oh, it's the card subject to change. They can change it whenever they want to. But when you're advertising a title match for three, two, three fucking weeks, and at the last second, when you're doing the contract signing, turning in, turn this into a six-man tag, it's bullshit. It pisses people off. Because people are looking forward to a certain thing, and then all of a sudden... At the last second, it turns into something completely different. That honestly makes absolutely no fucking sense in terms of the booking. Here's why I think the titles should be unified. I know there's a lot of people out there. No, the titles should you know should remain on all Raw and SmackDown and all this stuff. Fair point. Okay, that's a fair point. That's a good. That's a decent argument at best. But when you look at the divisions on Raw and SmackDown. Especially the SmackDown side of things. Who the fuck do the Usos have to challenge for the titles? Oh. Oh. Honestly. Nah, nobody. Over on Raw, you're getting the same fucking repeat title matches. RK Bro Street Profits. RK Bro Alpha Academy. RK Bro whoever else the fucking happened there. Los Lotharios on SmackDown ain't gonna do it for you, Pippin. They ain't gonna do it for me in terms of tag team championship material. They're not. They're garbage. In talent, they're not garbage. In booking, they're garbage. They don't have enough depth in the divisions to actually make them credible. Granted, I uh, granted, I still think it's goofy as shit. You know, Fox all of a sudden. You know, once you know, and, and Fox is the reason they're Fox is the reason they're not having a title, uh, tag team title unification. That's why. That's the re- that's the big reason why. Fox wants exclusive rosters. They don't want Roman Reigns going over to Raw. That hurts their ratings in their mind, I guess. But WWE booked Roman to win two championships. That's how this shit works. But honestly, the, the divisions need to be unified. We need to have one tag team champion. All you're going to get on Raw and SmackDown is repeat shit. There's no one to challenge the Usos for the SmackDown tag team championships. The RK Bro have already faced the Street Profits and Alpha Academy way too many times, Tannies, for me to fucking count. At the end of the day, these titles need to be unified. There's nothing... Who else are RK-Bro and the Usos going to face besides themselves? No one. They have, they've be, basically beaten the, their entire... They've cleaned out the division. They've cleared out both divisions. The only logical move you have left is to determine who truly is the best tag team in WWE. That's what you've got left. All roads now have pointed to RK-Bro and the Usos to see who's the best tag team in WWE. So let's unify the titles. Let's unify the belts. Let's unify the entire tag team division. 
and let's have them compete on Raw and SmackDown. If you have more, if you have more than enough tag teams that you can create for your division, why not showcase them on both shows? You're not then you know you could have a number one contenders match on Raw and then a possible title match on SmackDown. Qualifying matches for a possible Fatal Four Way, you could do it on Raw and on SmackDown. There's possibilities, but you don't have the depth on either brand to continue this shit. You don't. You honestly don't. It's only a matter of time before you've seen enough RK Bro Street Profits matches to be like, can I get something new? Can I get something new, please? We need fresh and new. We need to see different rivalries. We need to see different matchups. Because uh, Uso Street Profits um, rivalry would actually be fun. Fun to watch. Had Imperium stayed together, I would have loved to see Imperium versus the Usos. I would have loved to see those types of matches. But you don't have the divi- you don't have enough depth for both shows. You don't. And I'm going to keep repeating that. You don't have the depth. Same reason, same thing, I mean, with Raw and SmackDown uh, women's divisions. You have the depth, you just don't necessarily know how to fucking book the shit. And I personally still think the women's title should be unified. For the same reasons I would say for the tag team division. Because you have a lot of depth, and you can create a lot of rivalries. That helps your women's tag team division immediately. Immediately it helps your women's tag team division. And that's why we should have, honestly, we should have never had the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. Because those because that those championships are pretty much as about as suspect as it's supposed to be. You have, you have one full women's division. The Women's Tag Team Championships can be defended on Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Have NXT tag, Women's Tag Teams compete. Have SmackDown women come, go down to NXT to compete for number one contenders. It, it, just, make, it just makes things a lot easier. For both divisions to be unified. Unify the women's division. Unify the tag team division. Let them compete across both shows. You can create storylines much easier that way. But right now, not unifying the tag team championships is going to be a bit of a detriment. Because you honestly have no other tag teams to compete against RK Bro and the Usos. Same thing in boxing. At some point... And I'm seeing this more um, a little bit more lately, especially with uh, Shakur Stevenson, who I believe is who I believe is at 130, and he wants to unify the division. He wants to be the, he wants to show that he is the best. Like that's the best thing about boxing too that I love. Like at some point, we want to see who truly is the best in a certain division. That's why everybody in the heavyweight division was talking about you know uh, who's the best you know who's the best Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury. You know what I mean? Go down to the lighter weights. You know, when you go down to uh, you know, 130, who's the who's the best guy at 130? Who's the best guy at 137, 144? You know, I think I think it's then 147, 154, 160, 168, if I'm not mistaken. If my boxing uh weight memory, uh, you know, weight limit memory serves me right. But still. No, yeah, 130, 135, 140, 147, 154. 160, 168, 175. Then you go to 200. Then you go to heavyweight. Okay. 
Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, there's only one match that is left that can be made for the tag team division. It is the unification of the tag team championships. That's the only believable match you have left. Once you make that happen, then you can start getting your division ready to compete. And I think that's what they should do with the draft. I think that should be, that would be a surprise at the WWE draft. They make the announcement that the women's division and the tag team divisions are going to be unified and we'll have one women's champion, one women's tag team champion, and one tag team champion on the men's side. They will compete on both brands, so they will not be drafted this year. Because they're going to be on both shows. I'm telling you, it just makes all the fucking sense in the world. But WWE doesn't seem to realize that. And WWE now is getting hounded by Fox in USA because now they want exclusive rosters. It's more so Smack uh, Fox side wanting these exclusive rosters, but at some point you got to be a businessman and be like, "This is what is best for the people. This is what is best for our programming, and this is what it is." In terms of exclusive rosters you, on the men's on the men's side, you can have all of what you want, but in terms of the women's and tag team divisions, we are unified in the divisions, and they're going to be going to be on, on on both shows. Don't like it? Fuck off. But since uh, see, that, that's the detriment of Fox. Now all of a sudden, because they put that billion dollars in, now they want exclusive rosters. They only want exclusive rosters now because Roman Reigns holds two belts. And the and the thought, the mere fucking thought of having of not having a tag team champion on their show probably sent him over the edge and was just like, we want exclusive rosters. But if you don't innovate, if you aren't able to allow yourself to innovate and actually bring new ideas into the whole situation, you're gonna, as a company, look like a bunch of fucking fools. We need something new, we need something different. We need something creative and innovative to actually allow people to think, damn, that's a dope-ass idea. And yet we, the fans, we, the podcasters, we're the ones giving WWE better fucking booking ideas than WWE does. Have some balls, Vince. Unify the titles. In terms of the the rosters themselves, they can be exclusive. But in terms of the women's division and the tag team division, we need to unify. We need one solid division across both spectrums. That will create more exciting television. That will get more tag teams and women on television. And more chances for these talents to be seen on TV. It's a win-win across both boards. Because you're getting... The women's divisions on Raw and SmackDown. You're getting women's tag team matches on Raw and SmackDown. You're getting more tag team matches on Raw and SmackDown. It's a better choice to make. But now all of a sudden, WWE don't want to unify. That's fine. Do you? In the end, though, I guarantee you, as always, WWE, you know I'm right. You just don't want to cut me that check. But I still expect that check in the mail sometime soon. That's going to conclude all the news of the week. But when we come back, we're going to close out the show in a different way. We're going to be talking about the WrestleMania Backlash premium live event that went down this past Sunday. I'll give you my thoughts. And I trust me when I tell you, it's going to be a little bit quicker than you think it is. We'll be right back. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it is time 
for the WrestleMania Backlash review. Before I get into that, of course, I want to let y'all know that WrestleMania Radio now has a Discord. Yes, 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 we're cool now. All that good stuff. But if you want to join our Raw, War Discord, not Raw, don't join the Raw Discord. Don't do that. I'm telling you. Bad idea, I promise you. But what you can do, it's an easy, easy step, uh, three-step process. Head over to our Twitter at addict underscore wrestle. as the Wrestle Addict Radio uh, page. That is for Twitter. Click on the link tree. Uh, little hyperlink there. That'll take you right to, straight to our link tree at linktree.com. Uh, 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 link link tr-ee slash radio. Anywho, it'll take you right to that. Click on the war discord. You'll get an invitation from our wonderful general manager, King Ricky Rose. You'll get the invite. Hit yes, and you are part of the Discord. It is that simple. Will take you less than literally five minutes. I'm telling you, I did it. I did it personally myself. Doesn't take you too long at all. I promise you all that. So if you want to become part of the War Army, excuse me, head over to our Discord again. Find it on Attic at Attic underscore Wrestle on Twitter page. Follow the link tree, click on the invite, and you'll be part of us in no time flat. Join us, please. Join us. You'll be able to talk to myself and the rest of the WrestleAddict Radio family gang as long as, as well as the members of our Patreon who have moved over to our Discord. So, got a little family going on. So, join us. Join the squad. Say hello. All that good stuff. Again, join that war Discord today. WrestleMania Backlash. Um... It was a show. (laughs) It was a show that had some good moments, but overall, for me personally, it was quite a boring show. I mean, yes, yes, the main event was solid. Of course, you expect that. Uh, The Rhodes-Rollins match was solid. I expected that. Edge AJ Styles was popping. I expected that. Um, The Rousey-Charlotte Flair match was fucking boring. Absolute boring. And out there, I don't know how the fuck they can call it a brutal I quit match when they really didn't do that much of crazy shit. You know, I'm expecting, you know, table spots. I'm expecting, you know, people just beat the living hell out of each other. Yeah, kendo sticks were there. Kendo sticks were used. That's cute and stuff. But I want to see I wanted to see some straight up ass whooping and some straight up nonsense. It was all right for, for what it was. I mean, the, the right result happened. It should have happened at WrestleMania, but hey, you know, whatever. Um... Mad Cat Moss versus Happy Corbin. I don't even think I watched it. I skipped over it. Um, I watched it after... Actually, I watched it after the show was live. And everybody started... And everybody on the, uh, on the East Coast started talking about their uh, the reviews for the show. Um, I wasn't planning on watching it live. I didn't want to watch it live. I didn't care for it. You know, I just didn't really give a shit. If, I'm, if, if we're being brutally honest about how I felt about this show. Um, hell, I was fucking... I was actually cleaning up the kitchen after, you know, after Miss Wild P uh, went to sleep. And I was cleaning, uh, I was, uh, you know, you know, getting the dishwasher going personally because uh, I wanted a snack. So I wanted to clean up first before I got my snack on. Um, and I did, I had, and Lashley almost happened. I didn't watch it. Literally, the entire match itself, which was less than 10, which was less than nine minutes. Um, I didn't watch it. When I went to go to the bathroom, I was seeing that Omos was getting his hand raised, and I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Abby Corbin and uh, Mad Cat Moss, I didn't watch it. I skipped over it, because I just wanted to see the uh, the six-man tag. 
I'm not going to let you know. Moss Corbin in the proverbial dead spot. Didn't care. Moss won. Okay, so what? So what gives a shit? What's that going to mean for Moss? Probably nothing. Corbin takes the L. Who cares? Omos wins. Who cares? Lashley lost. That's fucked. If I'm right, if I'm really right, <laughs> if I'm looking at the scoreboard here, I actually went two and four. I went two and four on this pay-per-view. And I don't and I'm I'm perfectly fine with the two and four record for this pay-per-view. Because this I mean, a lot of I mean, Rhodes the Rhodes victory surprised me. That was a shock one. But that um gets us to hell in a cell. So that's gonna be perfectly fine. Um Edge AJ, um, the way that ended. Uh, that was fucking awesome. Uh, with Rhea Ripley becoming the newest member of Judgment Day, or is they, or as WWE's call it, the Judgment. Why do I put the on shit? The New Day. It makes sense. Judgment Day. It the Judgment Day does not make sense. It's Judgment Day, and that's what we're gonna call the group going forward here in the YLP realm. And don't think I won't attempt to ensure that you do not say the Judgment Day because that's bullshit. It's Judgment Day. Anywho. That's neither here nor there. But Edge defeating AJ Styles was an actual surprise for me because I really didn't um, think that Edge was going to get that. Of course, Priest was banned from ringside, so it gave Styles a better chance. Um, but they actually used that to their advantage, allowing having Rhea Ripley interfere in the Styles Edge match when um, Styles was about to go for the uh, phenomenal forearm uh, and he couldn't do a springboard because Edge was fucking up his arm for the entirety of the match. So that was a nice surprise. Um, and then Edge getting the submission, causing Styles to pass out from the Bulldog choke. Uh, that was a big surprise for me. I was actually quite surprised by the decision, booking decision they made. I wasn't mad at it. I was a little bit surprised that Edge would get the win over Styles. But I think this feud isn't over either. With the way everything went down, and now that uh, Finn Balor is an ally with Styles, um, going up against Edge and Damian Priest, um, it would, wouldn't surprise me if those two teams at least matched up and maybe they do a six-man mix tag uh, with Ripley, Priest, and Edge against maybe Morgan, Styles, and Balor. Um, that would be interesting. Um, maybe a, maybe maybe a Hell in a Cell match between the two. I don't know. Uh, it I mean it kind of warrants it, but I wish this feud was going on a bit longer for them for this match to uh, truly fully have, be seen as a proper Hell in a Cell match. Same goes with Rhodes and Rollins. I don't know. I think this match, Woes and Rollins, is going to lead to Hell in a Cell. And I think, honestly, this should be a proverbial number one contenders match for the WWE Championship. Since Roman Reigns ain't going to be there um, on June 5th, on June 5th, why not have Cody Rhodes and Rollins compete uh, for the number one contendership? They're honestly, in my mind, the two top guys right now that can compete for the championship. Edge can say the same. But he's dealing with AJ right now, so I say Rhodes, Rollins... Is your proverbial number one contenders match. Have it at Hell in a Cell and do it. I think it would make for a great Hell in a Cell match. I really think it does. Uh, we shall see, but I think Rhodes, Rhodes getting the tights on Rollins, that was a very nice that was a very nice move there. I, I wasn't mad at that decision either, personally, with the way they ended the matchup because Rollins was trying to get the handful of tights. Rollins rolled him, Rollins rolled him over. He got the handful of tights and got the three count. That means easily. That we're going to see a third match between Rhodes and Rollins to complete that trilogy. Excuse me. And if it ends up being Hell in a Cell. So be it. It will make for a great Hell in a Cell match. Hopefully one that's 
worthy of being recognized as a Hell in a Cell match. As far as the Women's Championship on SmackDown goes, Charlotte Flair is now out of the way. Ronda's now the champion. Um, apparently, kayfabe-wise, they're going to have uh, Charlotte apparently has broken her radius, uh, which is uh, which Pat McAfee wonderfully explained. Um, one of the two bones that you have in your forearm, she broke one of them, she broke her arm. And that's what Rousey set out to do. So she'll be out per storyline indefinitely. So, I mean, like I said, the match was boring. I honestly, I mean, there were some good moments in there. You know, the kendo sticks. um, You know, Charlotte was, uh, you know, giving you your last chance. Happy Mother's Day. And then getting caught in the arm. And then, um, you know, getting her arm caught in there. And she goes for the arm bar and all that stuff. The, the, The finish worked. The finish made sense. But, I mean, personally, Rousey, I still think Rousey should have won at WrestleMania. For whatever reason, they didn't want to do that. Um, but, if we're being if we're being brutally honest, um, Rousey winning, okay. We, we finally got her, the championship on her shoulder. Um, here's the problem, though. We really don't have much of a division for Rousey to actually fuck with it. Let's keep it, let's keep it a stack. Aaliyah, Zia Lee... Bailey ain't back yet. Shayna Baszler's over there, that but they're not gonna do that matchup. They're they're definitely not gonna do that matchup. I could see them as a tag team, but as far as competing for a women's championship, I don't see it. Uh, who, who the fuck? I don't even know who the fuck else they got enough off the top of my head. And that's not good. That is not good going forward. Um, it's gonna be a bit of a detriment. For for Rousey, who who really is going to be next in line to face Ronda if Charlotte's supposed to be out indefinitely per storyline? So I mean that that's that's the new the biggest thing going forward. Who are they going to have Rousey go up against? Which goes back to my argument in the last segment, which is why you need to unify the women's division. Because at this point, Rousey really has no one to face. I mean, do you really want to see Rousey take on Zia Lee? Rousey versus Aaliyah? I mean, the only big matchup you got in the division is Rousey versus Bailey. And we can't really do just, I mean, what do you, if, you know, we don't even know when Bailey's coming back. And when are you going to do that? You're not going to do the hell in a cell if Bailey's still out. You're not going to do it. When are you going to do it? Money in the bank? SummerSlam? There's a lot of problems coming out of that, that matchup. And it's one that I had in the back of my mind already. And I've discussed it at length plenty of times. It's just going to be hard for me to be see Rousey as a believable champion now that she is champion against opponents that honestly aren't really like if like, honestly are you really excited would you really be excited to see Zia Lee versus Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship maybe if you're a Zia Lee fan if you're if you're a Rousey fan it's going to be whatever but as far as it goes in the grand scheme of things it's going to be it's going to be very very hard. For Rousey to have believable title defenses. Because everyone that you put it in from beside, without, you take out Bailey, 
it's going to be, uh, it's going to be, I don't know. It's not going to be as pleasing, as exciting. It's not something you invest in. Like, we're going to see what happens with that division going forward. I mean, on the SmackDown side of things, here's, here's the thing. On the SmackDown side of things, that sh- uh, if it was a SmackDowns, honestly, the only match I really cared about was the Bloodline versus uh, Drew McIntyre and RK-Bro. The Raw side had the better show. Take out Omos and Lashley and Rose and, Rose and Rollins and Edge and AJ Styles. Holy shit. Those are four guys I would love to see compete for the WWE Championship. If you want to do the Fatal Five way, you can do it with Lashley. That'd be dope. I would love to see that. That's a match I actually. That's a match I would actually enjoy to see. I would enjoy that. I would thoroughly enjoy those five taking taking on each other for the WWE Championship. That would be a hard ass pick them to make. Tell you what. Tell you what. But in terms of the Bloodline Drew McIntyre RK Bro match, that was dope. That was probably that was honestly like one of the better matches of the night. That was was it the was it match of the night? No, that honor goes to Rods and Rollins, Ro- Rhodes and Rollins, <laughs> Rods and Rollins. Jesus Christ, uh, Ro- Rhodes and Rollins. I think that was honestly quintessentially the best match of the night, and them actually doing it on the uh, opening matchup. Smart call, beautiful call. The way they structured it was, you know, Rhodes Rollins dead match. Because nobody, nobody really gave a shit about Omach Lashley. That that crowd, at least from what I heard, was dead for that matchup. So that was a dead spot. And you got Edge AJ Styles, Noise, uh, Rousey Flair. I guess fans were interested in it, but it was that match was whatever. Dead spot with a Boston Corbin. Then you have the main event. Not bad flow. Not a bad flow, um, to say the least. Um, Bloodline, Drew McIntyre, RK Bro, solid main event. I will not be mad at that whatsoever. Um, it was fun. It was fun to watch. Everybody played their role in the matchup. Everybody got a good amount of time to do what they needed to do. It, it was, this was the, this is a good time. This is a very, very good time. It, the, it, the way you began the show and the way you ended the show, they did it proper. Um, proper solid bookends um, for both shows. And I was thoroughly pleased with all uh, eight men involved in those matches. Um, it was fun. It was, that was so good. I mean, the only thing concerning about it is that, you know, a lot, I mean, I saw this um, from F4W online um, for the Brian and Vinny show um, where he was talking about, you know, is Reigns ever going to get pinned? <laughs> who's who's, who's going to be the first one to pin Reigns in some time? Mind you, this man hasn't been pinned since, what, the end of 20, like December 2019? He hasn't been pinned? Mm. So this could have been the night that could have been the night where McIntyre pinned Reigns and I actually have a legitimate claim to at least push for a future Universal Championship match. You could have got the ball rolling then because if you're not going to have Roman Reigns show up at Hell in a Cell, then at least, you know, let Drew McIntyre have something to hang his hat on. You know, I mean, I, I was, I mean, was I surprised that the Bloodline won? No. At, I mean, a little bit, actually, because I did pick McIntyre and RK-Bro to win it. Since there was no titles on the line, it would have honestly made sense. Um, But I guess Roman Reigns is being booked too strong right now, and for him to lose, I mean, honestly, even if McIntyre, McIntyre pinned one of the Usos, Reigns, would be, Reigns could have easily just said, you ain't pinned me. 
how you gonna claim the championship that you know you didn't pin me to even be considered in the conversation? Could have played that storyline that way. So that the ending, so the, the the booking decision to have Reigns pin Riddle is kind of confusing to me. As far as the, you know, because if we're gonna, because Roman's gonna need at least at least a contender for the Universal Championship, and the only two options, honestly, in my opinion, were. Nakamura and McIntyre. But you're not going to do McIntyre right now. McIntyre is a little bit further away. That's that's SummerSlam, Clash of the Casual territory. Castle, not casual. Jesus Christ. So Nakamura could have fit the bill for back, WrestleMania Backlash. You could have had a dope match between those two. You know, Nakamura still wins. I'm sorry. Reigns still Reigns wins lol. Nakamura puts in a good effort. Could have done that. You know, so, I mean, and plus add in the fact that, you know, the tag, team, the tag team title unification match was taken away. So that kind of took away... It took away a lot of appeal from this show. A lot of people were really, really getting excited about, you know, this tag title unification because it was something different. Who was, you know... Were the Usos actually going to be able to do what their cousin did and unify the, unify the division? You know, people were... I got excited about that. I was like, yeah! And plus, in my head, I'm thinking maybe the, you know, Usos beat RK-Bro. RK-Bro finally breaks up. Randy Orton turns on Matt Riddle. We get a big match for that. You know, have leading up to SummerSlam, something of that nature. This is what I think about when I'm not doing this shit. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things where it's just, it was a match that was damn good. Just had a lot of questionable things go on with it. You feel me? You know? And again, even if if McIntyre pinned Reigns, I'm sure the crowd easily would have popped for that. I would have been like, oh my God, he did it. You know, because Reigns would have been pinned for the first time in over two years. You know, that's a big fucking deal. Man's been on God mode, all of a sudden gets caught. Claymore, one, two, three. Oh my God, Reigns got pinned. I think that would have been a bigger reaction for that than Reigns, you know, hitting the spear on Riddle, getting the one, two, three, and they, you know, win the matchup. At some point, you got to give me a little bit more exciting. Like, it was, like I said, the match was good. The match was damn good. But as far as the, you know, the way it went about... I still would. I still personally would have had RKO and uh, RK Bro and McIntyre uh, win with McIntyre pinning Reigns as a way for McIntyre to actually have that be the jumpstart of their feud. A little something, a little substance, a little just little things like that um, would have made the show a bit better. You know, look, like looking at it overall, um, a six-match card. Okay, but at least two of those matches you could have had on Raw and SmackDown, respectively. So when you look at the other four matches, Rousey Flower wasn't that Rousey Flower, Rousey Flair wasn't that bad, but it was boring. It was a bit boring. It was just a bit boring to me. You know, I was bored with that. I was on my phone for a majority of the matchup. You know, um, but when you look at Rhodes Rollins, AJ Styles Edge, and the Bloodline uh, Drew McIntyre RK Bro match, yeah. I put those three matches on any card and I would have a fantastic time watching them. I would I would have enjoyed all, just those three matches alone. Let them go like 20, 30 minutes and let me have a ball with that. I would have enjoyed that a lot more. I mean, I mean, you know the three matches, those three matches were going were gonna to slap. Rousey Flair, depending on you know what you thought of it, you know, probably in your, some, some of y'all, it may have slapped and some of y'all may have been boring as shit. Just giving y'all how I feel about it. 
Omos Lashley should could have just been left on a Raw episode. Matt Catmoss versus Happy Corbin could have been left on a... But, you re, but when you have really nothing going on, when you're not booking a United States title match, when you're not booking Intercontinental Championship matches, you know, it kind of it kind of hurt the card a bit. It really, like, in terms of greed, the card itself is not bad. But when but when you but then when you actually see the what went down overall, um, three of those matches kind of dragged the the card down. I mean, honestly, it, on paper, on paper, if I had to give this card a grade, I'd honestly give it at least a B plus in terms of effort. I mean, yeah, Rousey Flair. I mean, I still think it's a boring matchup, but you know, the matchup itself in terms of marquee. If I'm looking at it from the side of casual, I'm like, oh, I'm interested in that. So yeah, B plus on and overall. If we're looking at a final, if you're looking for a final grade in terms of how I feel about this, um, I'm going to give it a B minus. I was leaning towards C plus territory, but I mean, it was good enough to give it a B minus. And and to some, and the, oh, you're just giving it a B minus? Hell. Hell, I'm sure I fucking, I think I gave WrestleMania a C plus. So in essence, it's an improvement. Um, the reason I'm giving it a B minus is because Rhodes, Rollins, Edge, Edge Styles, and the six-man tag carried the night. Rousey Flair, depending on who you ask, it was a good match. It was, it was boring. I think it was boring. But it did what it needed to do in the grand scheme of things. Rousey is now the title holder. Hooray. Um, and, I, and like I said, Omos Lashley and Moss Corbin could have easily been left on their show on their separate episodes. But four matches aren't really going to get people interested in it unless they're long, drawn-out, thought, very well-thought-out matches. So when you look at it, a B minus ain't that bad of a grade. It's not that bad. Um, I'm giving Rhodes Rollins match tonight. I personally think this really has legs, and it, I think out of all the matches that as we go into Hell in a Cell territory, Rhodes Rollins is the only matchup I can see being a Hell in a Cell match. That's the only one. Maybe Edge Styles, but I think now with Finn Balor getting into the mix. Expect uh, expect at least a tag match with um, Edge and Priest from Judgment Day and then Balor and Styles at least going against each other. If Rhea Ripley wants to play into it, add Liv Morgan since that was her tag team partner prior to. And let, the, let that be a six, uh, six uh, mixed, uh, mixed tag. A six-person mixed tag. If that's the way you want to go about it. I mean, as we head into Hell in a Cell, I'm concerned though. Hi, Milo. I did. Did you have a good nap? Yeah, it was a good nap. I heard noise though. Yeah, that was just me. That's just me. Okay, Dad. Right. I'll put some snap stiffer on your nose in a little bit. Get that uki out. There you go. Get a little crust in your ass. Yeah. You talking about WrestleMania Backlash, Dad? Uh huh. Wasn't a bad show. Kind of boring in some parts, but. It was an okay show. What grade would you give it? If you had to choose. Uh, I would give it a C. A C? Yeah, a C. Nothing too crazy. Wasn't the best show in the world, but it did what it needed to do like you say did. So, C for me. I give it a B-. minus. Yeah, I thought about that grade too, but it's right there. Nice little C. Not too bad. And that is the Milo uh, review, because he was actually watching it with me, so... He, he watched it. He gave his opinion. He gives it a C. I give it a B-. But that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude episode 334 
of the YLP Podcast. When we come back, we're going to close out the show in proper YLP fashion and get you ready for next week's episode, episode 335 of the YLP Podcast. We'll be right back. That's going to be it for episode 334 of the YLP Podcast. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening. Wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. Do not mind Milo and his huff. Uh, of course, you were too loud, Dad, and I'm trying to sleep. My apologies. Anyway, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, opinions about today's episode, or any of the articles that I talked about in today's episode, what you thought about WrestleMania Backlash, do not hesitate to hit me up with an email over at younglionsperspective at gmail.com. You can also leave a voice message over at anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective, anchor.fm slash Radio over on ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. And if you do go over there, tell Mr. Will Terra Shook, Mr. YLP Sentient, and that I said hello as always. Uh, <laughs> so you can do all that if you want to get your uh, voice out there, let your voice, let yourself be heard. Let the dialogue commence and you can do all that as well. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast, you can follow me on all my social media over at Twitter. Oh, yeah, Twitter. Who likes that freaking suspend me every freaking three months? I'm not going to say anything about that. Anywho, you can follow me there at YL Perspective. That's capital YLP Perspective. You can also find me on Instagram at Young underscore Lions underscore Perspective, where I'm pretty much getting messed with. And Instagram doesn't like me making comments and shit. Anywho, you can follow me over there. I do get uh, every once in a while, I put up some breaking news posts, all that good stuff. And sometimes I post on my stories as well. So, you know, hit me up over there. Slide in my DMs, hit me up with any questions you may have, all that good stuff. It's all good with that. Also on Facebook, you can find me there. Search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Follow me on all those platforms to stay updated with everything that's going on with the YLP Podcast. Of course, if you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the YLP Podcast. Share this episode across all your social media. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Telegram, WhatsApp, LinkedIn, Facebook Messenger. I don't care how you do it. You can send it via a damn carrier pigeon. Spread that word. Because with myself, in the YLP podcast, the Fretzelmania podcast, and the Kings of the Rings podcast, we here at WrestleMania Radio strive to bring you the very best in professional wrestling podcast content to be uh, the uh, very best. The creme de la creme, the cream of the crop, the top of the pops. And to be then, now, and forever the alternative for professional wrestling podcast. And may I remind you that we are here to stay. Now, I know most of y'all, of course, don't have that Anchor app, and that's perfectly okay. Everybody has their favorite podcasting platforms they like to listen to on a daily basis. But just like Anchor and um, Ambiguous Podcast Solutions, we're not just there. We are spread out throughout the podcast universe and you can find this podcast and the family of Russell Attic Radio Podcast on not just anchor.fm, not on just ambiguous podcast solutions.com. You can find us on Amazon Music, Audible, 
Podcast Addict, Player FM, Podbean, and as always, shout out to the Podbean Gang, Castbox FM, Breaker, Overcast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify fam. Search for the entirety of the Wrestle Addict Radio family across all these different platforms, and you should have no problem finding us whatsoever. If you did, you probably spelled it wrong. But I believe I've fulfilled my obligations and fulfillments for this week, looking to just to ensure I have done so. Looking to the country of Papua New Guinea, apparently, is the uh, judge of this week. And I believe I'm getting a thumbs up, so we are good to go for this week. Ladies and gentlemen, next week on the YLP podcast, of course, we're going to be talking about all the news of the week. I'll be definitely keeping an eye on uh, the Tammy, Litch, Tammy Sitch situation. I will also be checking on to see if there's any more updates on Roman Reigns. Uh, anything, especially Dakota Abushia situation, I will definitely keep an eye on that. If there's any news at any point that you think I need that should be discussed, do not hesitate to hit me up. Seriously, voice message, email, anything I may have missed. Because um, I do miss a lot of news, I promise you. Even news, as I am recording right now, is probably going to be coming out. And I probably have missed it and it won't go on this week's show. So, I need your help. If you have any articles, any news that you can pass along to me, I will definitely have no problem. And if it definitely fits all the news for me to talk about, if it fits that criteria, I'll have no problem discussing it on next week's show or any other show uh, in the you know going forward. And I'll make sure I give you a shout out and you get that wonderful notoriety, fame, and importance. Because it's a beautiful thing, and it's you know it's helping helping me. Helping you, helping me, and we create more dialogue. So it's always a good thing. So do not hesitate to send articles my way. If they fit the bill, I'll definitely be talking about them next week and going forward. Also, oh wait, there is no also. I pretty much have nothing else going on with that. Uh, no, no, no pay-per-views coming up. So yeah, it's pretty much just going to be all the news that's fit for me to talk about. But guys, have a great weekend. Enjoy yourself. Don't do anything crazy. Uh, if you are going to be going out this weekend, drink one for me as always. As you know, I don't really drink that much anymore. But drink one for me anyway. Who knows? I might have one this weekend soon. Feel if I feel a little fancy, you know? But, you know, make sure you do take that Uber or Lyft home. No need to get that DUI. No need to go through courts and all that stuff. Just make sure you get home safe and enjoy a snack after you get home from wonderful activities. Uh, all that good stuff. Other than that, guys, I'm getting the hell out of here. Guys, have a great week. Have a great weekend. Enjoy yourselves. Don't go too crazy. And uh, I'll see you guys right back here next Saturday. For episode 335 of the YLP Podcast. See you. This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.